0: Hi, this is Bill Lavender. I'm the publisher at Lavender, Inc. and Dialogos Books here at New Orleans, and this is the Writer's Retreat. I'm here today with Brett Evans and Chris Shipman, um, whose new book, Keats is Not the Problem, is going to be released from Lavender, Inc. uh, pretty soon, I hope. Um... And uh, they also have uh, another book, T-Rex Parade, which came out two years ago. Uh, These are both collaborative works, so um, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then Brett has also Ready to Eat Individual, which is another collaborative poem written with Frank Sherlock in response to Katrina. Uh, So... Thanks for coming in, guys.
1: Yeah, it's wonderful to be here.
0: <laughs> um, so this is uh, your second collaborative book to come out. Ta- talk to me about how you collaborate. How does this work? How do you make a single work with two authors?
1: Um, I guess with us, it's been... The first thing is not really thinking about it that much, I suppose. I mean, we just had, we're trading pages for a lot of things in general back after we initially met uh, at a wonderful reading in Vicksburg, Mississippi. <laughs> Burger Village was the name of it. Um, so <laughs> we, all, all we started just started <laughs> Burger Village. Yeah, it all started at Burger <laughs> Village. Well, really the latter library. So I can give Gina Ferrara a little credit for that. Because that's where we met the uh, patroness of the burger village, but um, I guess we just started, you know, reading each other's stuff more, and and then decided to do something. I can't remember the exact initial impulse to do it, but the one thing is that we're definitely not—not not that I'm against it—and we could certainly be at this point later. We haven't really written um, a lot of like line by line. Collaboration so much as each writing mostly whole poems and the other person reacting to that either initially or, you know, holistically later down the road. I
2: think. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, instead of going the line by line approach, which, you know, I've collaborated with other people before and I've actually never really approached it in that way. Um, and with Brett, it's even easier to just sort of trade pages and kind of let that, you know, turn into like a kind of voice for a single world that's uh, built in the book. Um, I, I've never really, for once, felt like you know, we if we're collaborating, we have to sit down and I'm going to write a line, then you're going to write a line, and you know, it's just not. Um, Let's write the double sestina. Right. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like the what is natural to us and how we approach the project.
0: So is, is it, it's not epistolary in form because you don't, for one thing, you don't sign the individual poem. So when you're reading the book, nobody knows right, who wrote what. I mean, do you like, some people have
1: expressed frustration at that or I mean, frustration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they care that much, but um, <laughs> cr- um, I hope so. But I mean the weird thing is yeah I think ultimately with all collaborate well with you know most collaborations that are good there's that third voice that sort of emerges and so even though we're not going line by line there's definitely ones that I can read back and either from context clues or you know vocabulary tell that 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 was Chris's and other ones that same for myself but there's definitely a, a bunch of them that I go back and um you know, I almost can't tell which one of us wrote it.
0: And and, and you don't remember. I mean,
1: yeah. if I really...
2: After a while. Yeah, yeah,
1: after a while, or, you know, if we did the forensics, we could probably figure it out. Um, and then Chris probably has a better memory than I do, so I could just ask him. Well, why. I was actually preparing
2: for the reading last night, and I had all these pages spread out on the porch. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the ones in front of me now, and they're on, printed on the front and back, and I was reading one... And I got about halfway through it before I realized it wasn't actually one that I had written. Oh, so, uh-huh.
0: so that definitely yeah. happens, right?
1: So that's kind of cool.
2: Well, I—I I mean, I know
0: both your styles pretty well, and I—but I know that in reading T Rex Parade, there are like three or four where I—I I feel confident that I know who wrote it. You know, so <laughs> it's really, a, it's really kind of interesting how it does uh, does create this third voice.
1: And I mean, I guess it's—it's it's not a piss to larry but there was maybe an element i feel like yeah more so on the maybe well maybe some more so with the t-rex parade but it kind of doesn't matter that at some point we would be reacting off of messages that we had sent each other either text messages or facebook messenger or, or you know so these like little chunks that were that would then become a germ
2: of something or even from previous conversations right? right. just hanging out or or through email or something like that but you know the epistolary nature of the work I think does does come into play in a sense to in a sense like writing to that voice that is the voice that emerges like the third voice Mm -hmm. it's like that's what we're writing to not to each other but to this like sort of shared space uh, which I you know is one of the most interesting things about that kind of collaboration.
1: And once the third voice emerges, like, you don't want to let that person down.
0: You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so you don't want the, to disappoint. Because the, the then I'd be Chet, letting... Chet. or... Um, right. Or... <laughs> it's, it is weird. Um, what would the other one be? Briss. So, <laughs> Briss. Um, I like okay, Chet. well, what, why don't y'all read some, and then maybe we'll uh, talk, talk a little bit more about them later.
1: So this one's called Fun and Games. I think this was at a time when I was in the Bayou St. John neighborhood where I used to live, um, witnessing the magic of gentrification. Fun and Games. The houses with people near death have been replaced by people with gauges. Stops us not from jamming across the Ouija boards, money shot planchette. Dear heavens, we are elastic and mystic and mucho America as in South and Central, also known as the Taint and Esperanto. We play Taint Tag when our gizmos aren't working and stream all the tank battles. We like stuff in our mouths. We heart Hot Rods and POTUS. We are the children you had on board. The end credit music is the best. It's end times tangy. For Nick and Panda flavor, we say hey ya, For the Poma Day players, we sing Keats in space. Hand me my hat and hands off my Zardoz merkin. For Jamie, we say we bitter, therefore we am. For the Costco meatballs that burned my roof, it was all on a Mardi Gras day. My stroke of insight, the black kung fu experience, and three parting words, ethanol potbelly pig.
2: This one's called Sunday Morning... In New Orleans. At the time of this recording, it seems uh, somewhat appropriate in terms of the weather. In other parts of America, autumn is signing its trees over to the sky's contradiction. Here in New Orleans, my mind is fettered to the failing gate that surrounds my house. Outside it, the free newspapers are matted with rain to the orange bags holding them. Across the street, in the neighbor's attic, rats run from the drill bit's impossible noise. I'm sure the Saints will lose. Even behind closed eyes, a black cloud hangs in the sky like something dead for days.
0: Well I think I could um I, I could hear Brett's voice, and I could hear uh Chris's voice in those. Certainly um the Zardoz Merkin is a uh, particularly Brett, yeah. in the image. Um, keep working the Zardoz yeah. <laughs> until it goes goes over one day. All right. Let me just ask you this before you read another one. Are you kind of reading these in order, or are they um, or are they randomized? Or um
1: I think they're mostly randomized, although my random part was I took all of mine from a certain section of the book, I think. We do have, um, like, subsections of the book. Probably the most fun is to come up with titles for the subsections. <laughs> I'm already writing, like, 30 into the future. <laughs>
0: right, you know. um, fang yeah. fight. We this have an archive. Really of oh, archive of titles just
2: waiting to yeah to f- pour poems Yeah, into them. right. Yeah, I've always found that's a good way. I think, interestingly enough, most of most of breaths come from the first section or early in the book, and most of mine come from later in the book. Oh, okay, at least the ones that we're reading. Oh, okay, now. Yeah, I was
1: looking at it in an old version of the file. That's what it was. I know. We're getting into boring minutia.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What else you got?
1: So we'll try to spice it up with a little weather-appropriate poem as well called Marion Moore, Cherry Apocalypse. Crumbles sticking to skin. Each jazz should smell good or look pretty, but not both. With the staggering bad news, one has to go with life random or M-cursed. Not everything can be a fortune cookie crushed in bed into another fortune in bed, evading, pleading home. It's not just see-through the sunroof getting into the back seat and flooding the submarine watching along with the family dry cleaner. That's the only ish. The kerning of the octopus, coral tabs on acidosis ocean, is the end of the playground. Pretty soon you're going to be Have to be rich to get any of the good shit treatment, much less decent coffee. The spines of the celery already too hard. We are here in Trinidad, Cuba, exclamation. The guys in the jumper and hat sets are not revolution reenactors, but here to buzz the mosquitoes and rip the new one as only Cubans can do by the lady purveyor at the door. We're selling art here. Anyone, no one's pregnant. Not right now. Somewhere between collected and selected in arcane parlor bets, we seat ourselves between picking and choosing. We line the wooden berry right there on the stripe.
2: Sparkly blue shoes. I think maybe every seven years or so I howl a ghost and become a new human. I can still play battleship on the porch with a dagger in my lap. I can still soothe our baby daughter to sleep thunderstorm through. And at the end of the rain, I can talk, I can tell you what I want. But I'm not fully formed. I'm fully former. A fully flooded floor. I should probably go to the gym on Canal. I need an anytime kind of fitness. That can Lazarus back after canoes float from street birds back to Bayou. I mean, the moon is a movie showing for everyone at a theater near you. So perhaps it's better to stand in front of a mirror and flex till tree branches switch reels, till I'm between scenes, till the baby is filled with her own family of ghosts. It's already easy to see the past wave crashing through her like eyes opening in her blood, and I'm afraid when she's past running and jumping and begins hovering, I'll have to tie a brick to her sparkly blue shoes, because if not, she'll become a lost balloon, a branchy moon, something the ghosts fly away with. I always hope I can catch it happening, my ghosts, I mean, skipping down the hall, out in my howl, just to whistle with them as they go, seeing the lies I love to live. But again, the stale cigarettes have signed us up for the table of shame, and when the baby sleeps, she sleeps through storms. Because all the bottles are empty and my longest glance through gliding clouds isn't long enough to buy us a house, I tether myself to the rented porch, Chase a dagger phrase down the steps just to rip some cigarettes or get hipped. Hide like a spider in a dream. But I deprioritize my health and fell all relationships with sleep. Think I'll think of a way to colonize a new New Orleans on Mars on the crass assumption there's a better view of the past. Then a jet flies through my view of the moon and I get all jangly. So the only thing to do, I guess, is bug-bomb the porch, get rid of all the tiny spiders I can't see before the coast erodes, before I have to learn how to build a barrier island to loop back and become a natural process.
0: So I think it's a good time to mention, since this uh, we're taping this um, long before it's actually going to air, that we're taping this on October seventh, two 2017, and Hurricane Nate is um, approaching <clears throat> hopefully not not going to be a direct hit on New Orleans but you never know it, it's pretty close and it's uh, it's gray and a little windy outside I can actually see out there from the the soundproof booth at WRbh so like Brett your other your your first collaboration at least with lavender ink the one with uh, Frank Sherlock was in response to uh, Katrina,
1: right. I was just thinking in my head while you were saying that. Um, obviously, both of us were here during the thing, and of course, all the massive, you know, the loss of life and and all the hardship. But in addition to all that, one of the uh, one of the worst things is it sort of ruined the hurricane party forever. Yeah, As this is. one pro- approaches, like. It just doesn't have the same zest, you know. You can't just really get really up for it if you know, like, you still have in the back of your mind, oh, yeah, it can actually go that way. But um, the one with Frank, um, you know, it's funny because I think, think, um, yeah, if you look up that book, there's like a million pictures of Frank.
0: Philadelphia. Right,
1: exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but that book was, um, you know, Frank coming in from the outside after the thing and then maybe in here, haven't gone through it. So it had that sort of in out perspective, but I still think, um, it was, you know, at the time I always regretted not writing something about the direct experience that we all went through, but that at the same time, I think that book was pretty great because so much of what hurricanes are. Like what's happening in Puerto Rico now is the whole after, you know, the afterness is the is the hard part. At first you're just watching the house burn and it's fascinating, but it's yeah. going through the thing after. It's like, oh wow, this really does this is terrible. Yeah. And then somebody tosses you paper towels and
0: it's all better again. Chris, you uh your hurricane was in uh in Baton Rouge, right? Or have you been through one in New Orleans?
2: Uh, Isaac. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, Gustav was worse in Baton Rouge and, uh, ended up, uh, yeah, leaving, going back home to Arkansas for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, came back to the broken window. Uh-huh. Where, uh some strange animal that I only caught the tail of, uh, when I chased it out down the steps. Oh, like a possum maybe? Or yeah, it must have been, probably. Yeah. Or a Had or rat. Had taken up residence. Yeah, so. it was just living in there for a while.
0: Yeah, we were just talking about hurricanes, and I just noted that Chris is the only person I know who actually had a broken window from a hurricane.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think a good life tip for any listening, if you have to evacuate, just—I've never, you know, been bold enough to actually do this, but, like, just go all the way to, like, Dollywood or, you know— Go to Graceland or just some place you wanted to go. That's that's where I went, essentially. Don't, Graceland. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So. We
2: actually, uh, my girlfriend at the time, we went to Graceland on okay. that trip. Yeah. yeah, don't just stop in Gonzales. First I mean, time for
0: her. Ev- evacuate to Graceland <laughs> sounds like a good title to add to your list. Yeah,
2: yeah we can yeah. add that to the archive yeah. in yeah. future <laughs> right, right, subsections. Yeah. Exactly.
0: All right, we'll read us some more.
1: So, speaking of Graceland, it's a good to transition into obviously, we just watched, um, just lost Tom Petty. And I mean, watching the four hour documentary by Peter Bogdanovich, who amazingly also made What's Up, Doc, which is a completely unrelated thing, but it's weird that it's the same director. But Tom Petty. Um, and in the last couple of years, you know, um, Bowie Prince. Uh, Leonard Cohen, Tom Petty, some, like, real heroes. So this one was written after um, Prince left, and it also commemorates the New Orleans World's Fair. It's called Princes and Charmers. We felt great at the 1984 World's Fair when Dove's Cry was one of our main jams that summer, and it wasn't your typical teenage royalty on the town situation. After ten, the rides got cheap, and the loves got piled onto laps and strapped in for the lights and the music, the round and round, still a trip. The city's still delightfully shitty, all by the water where it should be, defiance in its best playful strain. Something about the clouds and us mixed. It never rained. We did it again and again and again all summer.
2: Bowie's second line. Hard to say if we both believed Bowie died for our sins when the woman who had been heavy breathing her wild mom breath into the kitchen cabinets all morning slid into the living room wearing her best Bowie dress to find me uncertain. Is a couch a sleeping baby or a sleeping baby a couch? Either way, it seemed reason enough to call for a sitter. Either way, something dead inside us was squirming in its heavy sleep. Either way, the New Orleans sky hung above the crowd in the quarter, like a sheet slowly falling over a baby or glitter onto a couch. Seems like a good
0: time to mention that uh, all three of us are in poet bands. <laughs> and uh, how, what what is the influence of rock and roll in your work?
1: Massive. I mean, um, I think, you know, the first... Like book of poetry I ever had was, I mean, somewhere really early I got Lawrence Ferling, Ferlinghetti's, um Coney Allen of the Mind, but I, you know, really early was, um, it was Bob Dylan's songbook, a book of Bob Dylan lyrics, and that was probably like the you know whichever version they had out in the '80s. So it, you know, probably ended at like Blood on the Tracks or something, but. Bob Dylan's Songbook, and then I was really into this band, Aztec Camera, from Scotland. And on their first record, they mentioned both Keats and Yates. And I was like, okay, i got to find out more about those people. And, um, you know, that launched that. But I would also say, people used to always ask me, like, what were some of my main influences? And I would always, like, mention bands and New Orleans, you know, New Orleans music as well, in addition to, you know, rock and roll and things like that
2: yeah I think um you know for me when I really fell in love with poetry and started writing it and uh and reading more of it, it was just this moment of sort of uh, you know coming from you know my past that was really informed by music playing music um, you know music as like this sort of friend I guess um a big part of my life and then sort of you know, immersing myself more into poetry because I felt like it was really doing the same thing or I could do the same things or I could get the same feelings from it. And, um, you know, uh, that's sort of, they've been sort of linked ever since for me. Cool. I should say that um,
0: Chris and I are in the Call Girls. That's our band. And uh, Brett is the...
1: The lead non-singer
0: lead non-singer <laughs> for Skinver Skinver
1: the weird thing about us is we're gonna have our 20th anniversary I think this is well the day itself is already you know pretty poetic as they'd say in Spinal Tap maybe too poetic but um <laughs> it's just our, Valerie who's the in our band always has been like advocating for us to do a gig on Ash Wednesday and it's like, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, people will flock to it. But, yeah. but this year, as it turns out, it's Ash Wednesday is the exact day, 20 years, of the very first show we ever played. And Ash Wednesday is the same day as Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. So it's just yeah, levels just of... I feel like you have, to, yeah, you have to do something. Yeah, right? Yeah. So this is the year that Valerie's dream comes true.
0: Really, the call girls are, are are How long have we, we been all doing do it? it? We, we should play like about in the park. 10
2: years, huh? I've been yeah. playing with you guys for five years. Oh, yeah, on, going on we were, five we were, years. We were
0: going on about a year. Yeah, it's so we're about yeah. six years. It's amazing. It seems like a year. That's what. It seems yeah, like. right. Yeah.
1: But you guys are more like just an awesome, you know, um, band. I mean. Punk or post-punk or whatever you want to call it um, the one funny thing about us is like I always the big hurdle for me was like just I just wanted people to not for it not to read as poetry plus music yeah right I just All wanted right. people to take it as a band yeah like I didn't care if it was they thought we were a good band or a bad band <laughs> Just if they just band. thought we were a band right. this is an actual I, band yeah oh, this is a band I'm like oh yeah we won <laughs> so pretty much cleared that super low hurdle yeah. ever since
0: all right, well let's. Uh, we're kind of running out of time. Let's let's do one more. Um, one more from each of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, so yeah, given that this Gina Tay Nate um, whatever is coming to bear down on us right now in October, it's especially going to look like it maybe hit the most of the Mississippi Gulf Coast and Jeremy, um, who did the f- cover of our first. The T-Rex Parade just bought a house in Gulfport. So, So, um, yeah. Um, whatever this can do to send, you know, play Hurricane Goalie. That's what it's going to do. It's called The Waveland Wide Open, The Shallow Song. Have you ever been to Waveland? Put the ice chest in half water 400 yards from the shore Sometimes shallow ain't bad, it lets the light get in, the mermaid merman Ziploc sandwich, the yes picnic with never a fear of drowning. Shallow as strings or no strings in a Nerf football, if we had souls we'd be soulmates, not just for the fall. No bombs had to go off here to get us to Delta Bikinis, but there are many steps, sets of steps to nowhere all along the Malacone. Knock me down with three storms or something if you love me. Get Betsy and Camille to help the new girl ruin my ruins right. It's good to be shallow in light of such matters. Shallow is an opener on a keychain. If we had better souls, we'd be soulmates. This is where we listened to ocean rain and learned to taint slap time, space between the beach and the road and the music horizon and all of us. An hour from the city... Gets us to the fun end of the line. Just call it closeness. Just call it spicy dewdrops. Shallow as crossed icing on a warm bunt cake. If we had more soul, we'd be soulmates. Peers falter fine. Into the decay. The lone and level sands stretch far. The spinnaker puffs out thin as silk. Taut harp for sun and wind. Hands in the hall play their play. Lone and level sands. We are shallow water down for coda or cola, in the sun or moon or mud.
2: Keats is not the problem. It's not the tag on the t-shirt shot from the canon. But I wanted to say, thanks, Custom Ink, and have it on Brett's doorstep before Brett could canonize the masses meaningful without them knowing anything ever happened. I'm feeling the right costume, cape, and smile could really move the books off the shelf. But then again, the TV poet on Transparent just said lostness, and everyone applauded. Maybe my gifts are best given in another world, where we ain't afraid of no ghosts. Where Brett tells a moving story, maybe the one we've all heard, maybe the one we've all told. Maybe the one with the books and not all of them can go. The one when the move from uptown to tracks really gets clackin'. The one when every time Brett says to Kamenitz, or maybe Kamenitz to Brett, Keats is not the problem something meaningful happens.
0: Well, that was uh, a great one to close with. We've been listening to Chris Shipman and Brett Evans reading from Keats is Not the Problem, their new collaborative book forthcoming from Lavender, Inc. And this is Bill Lavender on the Writer's Retreat, a monthly feature of Figure of Speech on WRBH Radio, New Orleans. Aloha.
1: That was The Writer's Retreat, a segment of WRBH's new community poetry and writing program, Figure of Speech. Tune in Saturdays at 3 p.m. and every Monday at 9 p.m. for more great New Orleans writing. Thanks for listening.